I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello everyone, Rob Guest from Football.London here and welcome to the latest episode of Gold and Guest Hot Tottenham, sponsored by NordVPN. Joining me as ever, it's Alistair Gold. Ali, how are you? Yeah, bit knackered, bit knackered. Um, transfer deadline, they'll do that to you. We were expecting a little bit of a, a quieter end to the deadline day because we pretty much thought the Lucas Bergvall, uh, Bergvall, uh decision was probably more likely to be today um and then well i guess in a good way the young swede decided tottenham over barcelona and that meant for a bit of a a slightly more frantic end to the the day which is fine you know you'd probably rather be busy than not um just feels like it's been a, a manic week this one we had the press conference on tuesday the match on wednesday uh, deadline day yesterday, of course. Um, press conference again today. Early trip up to Goodison Park. Hey, a busy week, but it was certainly worse jobs to do. And uh, covering Premier League football certainly isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah, we pretty much had the day covered yesterday, didn't we? You were on an 8 till 6 shift. I was on the 2 till 12 shift. Um, we had everything covered from top to bottom, really, with the, with the club. Um, and it was a funny day. It was kind of, there were periods where, Obviously, we knew there wasn't too much going on, but we were still making all of our various inquiries around agents, people within the club, people at other clubs, um, various people around players around the world. But there were so many deals that just didn't end up happening as well um, that I'm sure we can discuss. So, uh, yeah, quiet day for you or busy day for you? Uh, bit of both, really. Still had plenty to do uh, during the day but I mean it was a deadline day like no other really what we've had in previous January windows it was mm. really really quiet and I mean from a Tottenham perspective at least Spurs went out and did the business pretty much in the first week or so in the window but there was always that opportunity that maybe they were going to bring a young player uh, in on the permanent basis and that's exactly what they've done I mean, that wasn't the only deal that uh, took place in North London yesterday because Alejo Belize, he has joined Sevilla uh, on a loan deal until the end of the season. No option or obligation in that deal. It's purely a straight loan uh, because Belize only joined Spurs in the summer from Rosario Central and he's seen as, you know, a key part in the club's future. So just the two deals from Spurs... uh, Obviously, we'll start with Lucas Bergvall's move from Jurgarden. Uh, seems to be uh, a very, very good move for Tottenham. Yeah, certainly seems to be an exciting one. Um, a player coveted by a lot of clubs um, around the world. And obviously, we, we know that um, Spurs beat Barcelona to the punch for him. Some kind of suggestions that they made this late hijack uh, to, to come in and, and get him off the hands of Barcelona. I don't think it was quite that dramatic. Obviously, he did have a decision to make in the, in, at the end. Uh, that was probably the most dramatic part of it all. But Spurs have been keeping a very close eye on Lucas Bergvall, um for a while now. 
as it was put to me by by someone within the game, it's like they would be mad not to. It's not like some player that they've suddenly thought, oh yeah, great, let's go for him, is a player that everyone has been watching very closely in the last couple of seasons, you know. To, to use a football manager expression, a wonder kid, one of those kind of guys that is clearly going to be a bit of a star if all works for him in terms of his development and he steers clear of injuries. And yeah, then Johan Lang came into the club in November and pretty much pushed this deal from the start. It was, it was a young player that obviously with a Scandinavian base that is, is going to be his, I guess you could say his strongest area, although he's got a kind of encyclopedic knowledge of world football from what people say. But obviously coming uh, as a Dane from that Scandinavian area, he knows very well the young stars coming out um, of that area of the, the world. And yeah, Bergvall, one of them. Uh, turns 18 today. Um, obviously, we should stress the deal isn't done yet. So this is Tottenham Hotspur. Who knows what could happen um, as the deal reaches? We've seen certainly one player Spurs were trying to get in um, Antonio Nusa, and his his deal didn't end up going through to to Brentford um, with some kind of late complications. But Bergvall, yeah, Hotspur way on his birthday. We got the press conference there today, so I think everyone's going to be looking out for this kind of like mane of blonde hair, trying to see if he's there. I'd imagine we probably won't see him because the, if in case anyone's not aware, the press conference room is actually on the academy side of the building, um, whereas the first team side is is over the other way. Unless we kind of see him being taken through a corridor to some kind of media duties that he's got to do. Not with us, but, you know, when they do all the fancy videos and things like that. Um, but, yeah, we'll all be very much scouring the the way the drivers have come in. I'd imagine there'll be a fair few fans outside. There are always fans outside for the um, for the players. I'd imagine they'll be, they'll be watching out for this young man coming in. Uh, but, yeah, very talented young player. Obviously, I've done the whole... Um, let's watch the videos on YouTube compilations and stuff because I haven't, you know, I've got to be completely honest, haven't watched a lot of the Alsvenskan uh, in the last couple of seasons, the Swedish top flight. So my knowledge of him isn't incredible. And actually, he's only got one Sweden appearance for the seniors. I say only, you know, 17 at the time. It was very impressive. And But it wasn't like, it was this month. It was in like a training camp um, friendly against Estonia. Um, with a, a team that was quite experimental, I think, from both uh, both countries. But still, you know, that, that, I'm pretty sure that still counts as a senior appearance for him. Um, he's a number eight that can also play as a number 10. He's a big lad, six foot one, bit of a physical presence to him. Um, can also get involved in the defensive side of the job in midfield as well. And just watching him play, of course, there's so much still to develop and grow with him. But just on initial viewings, he looks like the physical aspects of the Premier League hopefully won't be a, a problem for him. Um, and yeah, a lot of the comparisons I've seen have been with Odegaard, that kind of player, uh, a real playmaker in, in the centre of the park that can kind of play more attacking if you need him to. Um, he actually, before he was at Jurgarden, uh, came through a club that I'm going to use the shortened version of. Uh, it's Bromma. I think the long version is something like Bromma Pojkana, um, I think. I don't know if the J is silent, but it's actually that's the club where Dejan Kulusevski came through um, as a youngster before he headed off to Italy. Um, I'm not entirely sure even if he got through to the senior team, uh, Kulusevski, but certainly was a young player that came through that very much highly touted academy they've got there, um, highly rated academy. And it sounds like Kulusevski played his part in the deal as well. You know, always very helpful having 
one of the big stars of the Sweden team there to let you know how brilliant Spurs and Postacoglu's football is. And yeah, and he picked Spurs um, ahead of Barcelona. So... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Do you think, had Noosa decided he was going to come to Spurs, do you think they would have done both deals, Noosa and Bergville? Uh, Bergville. Tough one, really. I think maybe if they got Noosa in, then maybe they might have left Bergville. I mean, it's quite a lot of money spending on two mm. players, isn't it? What would that have been about? 35 million, 25 on Noosa, yeah. about eight and a half on Bergwell. Two young kids for the future as well. Uh, it's, I think it's a good deal for Spurs reading about him. Seems a very talented player. Uh, made his mark in Sweden. I wonder if Alfie Whiteman knows about him. So obviously he spent his time at Degafors on loan. He might have actually come up against him uh, in the game that season. And he was in Sweden. And I think it just shows you, the deal shows you where Tottenham are heading and also maybe the struggles of Barcelona uh, as well. Because, you know, if this was Barcelona of when Pep Guardiola was in charge, maybe it had just been a simple decision for Bergvall. Uh, I mean, Barcelona is still a major, major pull, even though they're struggling a bit in the league at the moment. But I think it just shows the power of what Andrew Postacoglu is building at, at Tottenham. Tottenham have a number of talented youngsters who they brought to the club recently. Obviously, Ashley Phillips uh, from Blackburn Rovers last summer. Alfie Devine, Bergvall now. We've seen Destiny Doggy and Pat Matasar initially come in and then head back to their previous clubs on loan before becoming first-team regulars. And I think the hope will be, you know, Bergvall can follow in Saar and uh, Doggy's footsteps by becoming that first-team regular uh, at Tottenham. And yeah, it's, it's good to see. A lot of people always point to Brighton and Brentford for bringing in these unknown talents and making them household names. And Spurs are very much following that formula at the moment by bringing in these youngsters and yeah I think the future does look incredibly bright at the moment for Spurs I think they're certainly going about things the right way and I think fans are very happy with what they're doing I think Alfie Whiteman might not have crossed over purely because when he was in Sweden I think Bergvall would have been at Bromma when they were in the right. second division, I think, I think, unless they played him in a cut, let's have a little look. No. So I think he may well have heard of him though. You know, the, the, he, uh, at that time, I'm sure everyone in uh, Sweden would have been talking about him coming through and everything. So still a good shout, still a good shout, I reckon. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a very interesting one. I mean, you know, he's only 17, played 28 times for Jurgen last season, scored three goals, one assist, Played in the Europa Conference League qualifiers as well. It's really strange because obviously their season is over a different kind of period of time, isn't it? It's something like March to November, something along those lines. Um, so even now, you're going to have this funny period where 
Spurs will sign him. Obviously, signed outside of the window, so it's not like you know he's going to be. It's not like he's going back on loan or anything. He'll be signing to come in the summer, and then you've got this strange period of time where his season won't now start for another month or so. Um, and yeah, and then there'll be about three months into it, I guess, three, four months into it, and then he'll have to come across in July to Spurs. But it's certainly a hope that he'll be a player that comes straight into Postogoglu's first team. You know, you'd imagine he'll have a good look at him in the summer. Um, but yeah, all, all the indications are that he'll he'll be kind of ready to to kind of show what he can do, a bit like a Pat Matasar type for, for Postacoglu. And yeah, there's honestly, everyone I've spoken to just got this real kind of excitement right now within the club and also people outside the club and, and agents and people like that that Spurs are building this real, almost kind of, I don't want to use generation, but certainly ridiculously talented group of young players at the club. Wonder kids, if you will. Um, I mean, if you look at them, even if you want to just go from 22-year-olds down, you've got Van der Ven and Johnson, and then you've got a little bit younger than that, you've got a doggy and Saar. Um, Kudzowski's only 23. I mean, you know, they signed him as a 21-year-old too. Um, it's It's an interesting, I think, Johan Lang definitely obviously deserves a lot of praise for kind of pushing this deal. I do think the academy itself, the changes were implemented by Fabio Paratici. He, he changed a lot of the idea of the academy to increase the salary that they could offer, increase the budget to be able to bring in players from other clubs. So we started to see Will Lankshire brought in from Sheffield United for like £2 million. We saw Jude Sunset Bell um, uh, lured away from Chelsea. We saw Herbie James brought across from um, Manchester City. Um, was it Connor Logan? I'm trying to remember his name now. I think it was Connor Logan came across from Ipswich as well. Um, yeah, just just bringing all of these kind of players into it. And, and he also did this other thing that, that was quite interesting. That There was a lot of inviting of clubs around the world to play youth games at Hotspur Way. And I'm sure those clubs probably thought, oh, how lovely. Oh, what a great experience for us to come to Hotspur Way. But it clearly was so Spurs came out, oh, look at that player. Oh, look at that player. Oh, and they could just kind of nab them for the future when they were 18. Um, and, you know, Luka Vuskovic, we know, obviously, has um, only 16 years old. And, and, you know, we've been talking about him in, in recent months. And he was um, loaned out by Hajduk Split to Radomiak Radom. Uh, which is a terrific name, a uh, Polish club where he's going to now get first-team football ahead of, it seems like, another loan next season to kind of then push him on to the next level before he joins Spurs in 2025. Um, I mean, with Valise, we're going to talk about it in a bit as well. That's another young player that's coming to the club. He's already got his first Premier League goal. Ashley Phillips, signed from Blackburn, obviously now doing great things at Plymouth uh, already for them. Um, Alfie Devine, of course, with him at Plymouth as well. He's a terrific player for the future. I'm intrigued to see whether Devine and Bergvall can both fit into this team next season because there's a lot of hope that uh, Devine was going to come in next season and really push as a bit of a, a young Madison understudy. But, you know, Bergvall's that kind of player as well, a similar-ish kind of player. So that's interesting to see how that goes. I mean, Radu Dragashin is only 21 years old as well. Um, it's just ridiculous. I mean, and then you could even go down like into the academy. You've got Jamie Donnelly, Alfie Dorrington. I mean, Jamie Donnelly, 
we'll speak about we'll speak about the the Brentford game. You know, he's a player that clearly Postecoglou really trusts right now. He's getting some minutes in very important moments. Will Lankshire that I mentioned, I mean, he scored 15 goals this season. He's absolutely flying. Postecoglou really likes him. Spurs turned down a lot of loan moves for him recently because they they want to kind of have him involved. Uh, you could go down even further than that. You've got Mikey Moore, who's a you know a real incredible talent as well. Callum Olusezi um, as well, another one. Both Moore and uh, Olusezi, they convinced to uh, stay at Spurs rather than kind of many, many top clubs. I think lots of Man City were looking to get them and, and teams like that. So, And like I say, Herbie James. So, I mean, I've reeled off loads of names there of incredibly talented players. And I still probably haven't touched on loads of other young players that the club have got high hopes for. So, yeah, there's this real feeling that maybe there's a bit of a golden generation coming through at Spurs right now. Of course, it's about them then getting a chance uh, and the pathway being clear for them. Um, we all want to see new transfers, but that can also have an impact in blocking the pathway for these young players. It's a bit like when Ashley Phillips came in, there was a little bit of worry that maybe Alfie Dorrington's path was blocked. And I wonder whether now with Bergvall, the same will be with Alfie Dor- uh, Sorry, Alfie Devine. Um, yeah, it's kind of brimming with talent. Whereas in recent years before that, people were maybe scratching their head thinking, who's going to be the next Harry Kane? You know, who's coming through? Can I have Oliver Skip? But who else is going to come through as a, as a real player able to play Premier League football? Um, now, there's no question that there's so many talented young players there. And uh, I'm excited to see kind of what it means for Spurs' future. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I think you mentioned the host of youngsters there. If you look at Spurs' squad, they've got a good amount of players in like the mid-20s as well. Obviously, yeah. Madison, Benson Kerr, Basuma, Richarlison, Christian Romero, players who haven't even hit the peak yet. So, blend this team together. This team could potentially go on for a, a few more years, undoubtedly. Yeah. Certainly building for the future. I think Sonny probably the oldest. I was about to say, Fraser Other Forster and Sonny probably feel like like old age uh, pensioners, don't they? In this, this squad, it's so young. And the mean Son's, what, 32 this summer this, this year summer, yeah. yeah yeah so certainly building a very promising squad that can hopefully stick together for a good few years right we'll move on and talk about the outgoing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yesterday that was Ella Villis he has joined Sevilla on a loan deal until the end of the season as I said at the start of the podcast no option or obligation in there for the Spanish club Purely a straight learn, and I think it's one of these when you, you're probably looking at the time and you're thinking Spurs have a lack of strikers at the club, probably best to keep him. But having a real look at it, I think it's the best option for Spurs and the player because I mean, you've got Richarlison's clearly the main man up front at the moment, given his record of seven goals in seven Premier League games. The son, Timo Werner, who can play centrally. Brennan Johnson as well. There's Dane Scarlett as well. I think 
Dane's probably a bit more suited to Postacoglu's style of football uh, compared to Felice. So you think he's slightly ahead of him in the pecking order. So, I mean, with 16 Premier League games left, no cup games on the agenda between now and May. It probably does make perfect sense for Felice to go across to Spain, somewhere where he's likely to get quite a bit of football under his belt because Sevilla certainly need a striker at the moment, given their lowly position in the table. I think the 16th, one point off the final relegation place. So there's an opportunity there for him, you know, to score these goals and come back to Spurs in the summer and be in a really good place to make a go of it under Postacoglu. Yeah, it was one of those where I think <clears throat> earlier in the window, before obviously the cup exit, yeah, I was a little bit kind of reticent about a um, a release loan move because I think I do think other than going all the way down to Will Lankshire, who you know I would imagine will get more first team kind of uh, training certainly involvement in in the months ahead. Now, I don't think there's another big physical striker like Richarlison, a kind of a more direct replacement for him than you know Valise was. Um, and that's my only fear is whether anyone now coming in will be a different kind of striker. That's not no, necessarily a bad thing, but there was no direct replacement. I think Sonny obviously is is a very good player through the middle, um, but isn't that kind of, he's not going to head the ball and hold the ball up kind of player. And the same, I think, with um, Johnson and Werner. Same with Dane Scarlett. Even Jamie Donnelly, who can play up front as well. They're kind of uh, more... Uh, mobile kind of tricky players rather than than ones that are going to do a big target man job up top when you need them to to be that focal point. Um, but having said that, like you say, going out of the cups, just having these sixteen games left, I think Sevilla is a great move for him. You know, going to a club like that at a high level who are going to give him minutes. There's been assurances of minutes for him as well. Um, and yeah, obviously Spanish speaking as well. I know it's it's not exactly the same kind of Spanish speaking, but certainly is going to make life easier for him there. Um, I think it'll be a good experience for him. It's just more regular exposure to European football um, than he's been used to. He's almost back fit. Um, he's imminent from what I'm told um, to be able to take part in, in training and stuff like that. So yeah, um, you know, if he goes there and we're always doing our loan watch each week on all the players, if he goes there and has a, a terrific end to the season, he comes back like firing and, and hoping for a place in Postacoglu's, I'd even say starting 11 if he has a great end to the season. Why not? Um, you know, obviously Richarlison's absolutely doing terrific things right now, but, you know, to give him a something to think about. And also we know Spurs will probably look, I would say, at a summer in, uh, in the summer, uh, a striker. But if Valise goes there and scores, I don't know, anything between five and ten goals as a 21-year-old, um, yeah, why not? Uh, is he 21? I think he's 20, 21. Is he still 20? 20. 20, 20 yeah. So, uh, yeah, you wouldn't, again, you wouldn't want to block his pathway either. So, yeah, I think it is a good move overall. Um, and yeah, it, it was a day of kind of moves that didn't happen almost going out of the club as well. I mean, Brian Hill, Brian Hill chose to stay at Spurs over a move to Brighton, which I think is fascinating. I mean, it's a big indicator to because apparently he just loves playing and training under Postacoglu. I would kind of maybe counter that maybe not playing so much under Postacoglu. Um, 
I mean, would he have would he have started games at Brighton? That was my only question about that one. Uh, I think he'd probably get a bit more game time than he's getting yeah. at Spurs, but you know, credit to him if he doesn't want to go out on loan and he believes in himself that he can make an impact in this Tottenham team under Postacoglu because his son's going to be back from the Asian Cup soon. There's Timo Werner on the left wing. Manor Solomon's going to be coming back from injury uh, as well. Uh, so there's certainly options there. And in the past few games, Dane Scarlett and Jamie Donnelly have been selected ahead of him coming off the bench. Uh, maybe he's just, you know, tired of going out on loan because it's happened in the past two windows, Valencia and then Sevilla as well. Last season, it could be a case of I'll give it a good crack for the next six months, and then if nothing's happening, then I'll look at my options in the summer and maybe you know seek a permanent move away. But I think clearly likes it at Spurs. He's pally with you know Porro and all the uh, Spanish-speaking lads. Yeah. And yeah, maybe he just wants to have a good crack at it. Just going back to Feliz, something we mm. didn't mention. I'm sure Eric Lamella will be taking him under his <laughs> wing in Seville. And yeah, Valise will be a master of the dark arts, won't he, when he comes back in the summer now? Oh, from, from Romero to Lamella. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Those training <laughs> sessions. I hope he remembers to wear his shin pads during training sessions there as well. Um guy, oh, Eric Lamella. What a what a cult legend he was at Spurs. Um yeah, yeah, that's it's it's a it's a great kind of pairing, I guess, isn't it? It's someone that knows Spurs inside out and, you know, will continue to toughen the lease up, no doubt, as well. Um, yeah, I forgot about Eric. Yeah, that, that's a, that is a nice kind of person to have there, able to kind of guide him through his time there. An experienced head now. God, he must be in his 30s as well, Lamella. God, time's flown. Um, but, yeah, so Brian Hill, yeah, I... I I do think he's very settled right now, and I think there's no rush for him. I think the summer he can decide on his future. If he is sometimes just even when you're only like 22 or whatever he is now, 21, 22, you can probably afford to have little periods in your life where, yeah, he might not be playing regularly, but he's learning loads, enjoying life off the pitch as well with the group around him. Um, and yeah, I can understand it. I can understand it. And also, it's Spurs, so there could be injuries galore coming up. Who knows? And he may suddenly be a, an option again. Um, I still think there's a lot of talent there. I think it's just, um, yeah, kind of where he fits best, I guess. Um, who else do we have? Hoybier. Hoybier didn't go in the end. Um, came out after the game on Wednesday um, and made it clear that, yep, he was going to stay. Uh, do you know what? I mean, we said this months ago. Probably a good thing for Spurs. I do think so. And Postacoglu, again, he proved on Wednesday night, Hoybier, how important he can be. I do always kind of feel the majority of his important performances come from the bench. It's really weird. I think he makes such an impact from the bench, whereas when he starts games, maybe slightly less so. Um, but I did think he proved again that he's uh, he's still got more to give to this Tottenham team for the remainder of this uh, season. And, and you know, we'll see where the summer takes him with a year left. You'd imagine that's when they'll part ways. But certainly, um, yeah, an experienced head, one to focus. And that was the thing he brought on Wednesday was a real focus to the team that had kind of been bickering and moaning about everything that Brentford were doing to wind them up. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, Ryan Sessegnon says there was a bit of interest from Premier League clubs in taking him this month, but that never really turned into anything concrete. So he sticks around and we'll see what the kind of the rest of the season brings for him. Obviously. Um, another backup, I guess, for you could say for a doggy. If you're going to say that Ben Davies isn't Vendor Vens, maybe backup, although you could argue it, Dragishin covers both sides. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, goalkeepers Alfie Whiteman, who we mentioned earlier, there was some talk that he might go out, but nothing really appeared for him towards the end of the month. Always difficult with goalkeepers, you know, there's only literally there is like pretty much one spot in every club if you want to get regular goal time. Well, there is only one spot in each club if you want to get a regular goalkeeper. Um, and yeah, so loan deals are far more difficult to come by, which is why we see like Alfie Whiteman going off to Sweden for a couple of seasons, why we saw Brandon Austin played uh, MLS football for a season as well. It's just kind of whatever you can get. Josh Keeley, very talented young uh, Republic of Ireland under 21 international. He's playing in the National League right now with Barnet because you've just got to kind of take what you can get with goalkeepers and get them that experience. But uh yeah, it's um, at least I would say that Postacoglu has got a, a deep squad for the remainder of the season. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I think obviously 16 games left in the Premier League season now. I think there's more than enough cover uh, across the pitches. And let's be honest, Spurs weren't going to do, weren't going to sign every uh, single, you know, area they wanted to target in the transfer window. Because let's be honest, the vast majority of Premier League clubs have stood still in the market. And, you know, credit yeah. to Spurs for going out in the first week and bringing Timo Werner to the club and rather drag us in two positions they needed to strengthen. I know some might point to bringing in, you know, a, a new number eight uh, for right now. Uh, that's not happened. The new striker. These are positions what Spurs could look to strengthen in the summer. Uh, I think Postacoglu's always said he's going to take a, a good few transfer windows to get Spurs to the club he wants it to be at. It's never going to happen where literally everything's done in one or two windows. I think Spurs are in a really, really uh, good position as things stand and they can use this season as a springboard to go forward next season. Yeah, well, Mark, would you give this transfer window? I was wondering about whether to ask Postacoglu that today at the press conference, but I just think it could go either way. He could absolutely think that's a ridiculous question, or he could actually give a number. He's a he's a funny guy. He could really go either way with that. What would you give it? What number out of ten? Do ask him that question just so we can see his response. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to be that guy, but thanks. Uh, I'd give it. An eight or a nine, to yeah. be honest. I think I'll, it's I'll been a, a, yeah. yeah a really good window, and that's not just in terms of incomings. Look at what Spurs have done in outgoings as well. Yeah. There was question marks over Hugo Lloris's future going into January, given he didn't move in the summer and he went literally January the first to LAFC. Question marks over Eric Dyer. He's joined Bayern Munich on loan, uh, but obviously that is going to be a permanent exit 
for him away from Spurs and the same with even Perisic as well. A number of the young lads have got some really good loan moves uh, as well for the remainder of the seasons. I think it's been a really, really good window. I didn't expect Spurs to be so active in terms of outgoings. Uh, I always thought that, you know, bringing a new centre-back and strengthening attack. Uh, I think it's been really, really good window. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I'd, I think you're spot on. I think eight pushing nine. I think it's that been that good. I think they've gone out very early and got the priority signings. I mean, Dragishin, I think, is the most expensive transfer of the January window. I think. I don't think there's anyone that tops that. I mean, what was he, about 26, 27 million? Um, yeah, I, don't, I think everyone else kind of bulk were loan signings, uh, like Calvin Phillips, obviously, was a loan signing. Um, yeah, I think they had a very clear plan. They went out and did it. And when we kind of said that from the start, didn't we, that they would probably go for a, um, the plan was a striker or a forward that could play across the line, uh, a central defender, kind of the biggest priority of all. Um, and then um, a young probably player that would head back on loan, which kind of not quite what's happened, but it's the same idea. And, uh, um, you know, a number eight. And weirdly, that's exactly what they've done. They've done all of the above. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they've, they've ticked a lot of boxes there for Postacoglu. And like you say, the outgoings, I mean, this list, Lloris, Dyer, Perisic, Regulon, Spence, Tanganga, Divine, Phillips, Craig, Keeley, and Valise, the last one. I mean, that's just ridiculous work. That's fair play. Um, you've got some big wages off the bill. Um, you've got some real kind of experienced heads and now no longer part of the, the club. They're kind of, it's a new era. You've got loan players that have come back. You've got them back out on loan for varying reasons. You've got young players getting development loans that are going to be really good for them. I think you've got to praise the recruitment team. I think Johan Lang and his team coming in have done a terrific job this, um, this month as well. Um, and obviously in the months leading up to it with the planning that's gone in, so yeah, I think it's a really good one. Like you say, in the summer, I think, I think a striker. I think depending on how you know fantastic Valise's development is, but I would imagine they'll still look for a striker. You would think probably the way he's going, Werner deal becomes public. Uh, public, <laughs> everyone knows about it already. Permanent. Um, I'd say probably another centre back. Um, unless he decides that Ben Davies is is going to stick around. Um, and then you've got Ashley Phillips and Alfie Dorrington. But I would imagine maybe another centre-back. And then, yeah, I think I guess you're just then looking to kind of areas where other players might go. And, and let's say if Emerson did go, you know, if Emerson went somewhere because he wanted to play week in, week out, maybe you look for another right-back. Um maybe another left-back if Sess moves on. And who knows? Ben Davies might decide at this stage of his career. He, de- he wants to start every single game. Um, yeah, and I think it becomes more about kind of just either upgradings or replacements there. Um, yeah, but I think this window in itself, yeah, I think they've done a really good job. And I hope they get the credit for it because, you know, we, we know what football fandom can be like and you kind of just always look to the next thing. And if they lose, let's say Everton at the weekend, which obviously would make you happy. Um, they would uh, suddenly everything turns and oh, we should have signed another, I don't know, striker. We should have signed this or that. But I actually think on the face of it, yeah, they did some really good work in this window. 
Yeah. Right. Before we discuss uh, Wednesday's free to win over Brentford, Ali, do you want to let everyone know about the benefits of using NordVPN? Of course, the Golden Guest Talk Tottenham podcast is sponsored by NordVPN and you can use the service in a host of different ways to enhance your internet experience. NordVPN is the fastest VPN in the world and that means there's no buffering, there's no lagging and you can stream your favourite shows from anywhere in the world without your bandwidth throttling. It's a service I've used for many, many years, long before they came on board as the sponsors of our show, uh, just because I was able to watch things that I'd want to watch in the UK when I was abroad. Um, you know, Not to say I wasn't just enjoying myself on holiday, but sometimes you want to settle down and watch a show still while you're relaxing that you'd watch back home, and those pesky international boundaries sometimes stop you. Uh, whereas with Nord, I was able to switch my device to thinking it's back home, and I was able to watch them. And also, it can help you in certain regards with terms of security when you're using public Wi-Fi and things like that to stop people getting into your device. Um, and yeah, not only that, but the outlay on a NordVPN subscription is cheaper for you in the long run. That's because you can purchase streaming services or bookings from other countries at a much cheaper rate. For example, you can book flights from another country and it could be cheaper doing it that way too. So it means you're paying out for Nord, but you're saving money overall. There's a whole host of other benefits from signing up to NordVPN, so why not give it a go? You can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash goldguest to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Right, let's move on to Wednesday's free-to-win over Brentford. <laughs> Again, with plenty of talking points. First half, not great from a Tottenham perspective, although they did start uh, the game well, first five, ten minutes before, you know, Brentford uh, went ahead through uh, Neil Morpé. Second half, Ange Postacoglu changed things at halftime and Spurs were very, very good for about a 25-minute period. Brentford gave them a late scare through Ivan Turney, but Spurs managed to get three points on the board, which puts them into the top four. So, Ali, thoughts on the game? Yeah, it was Spurs in the first half did like everything that Postacoglu hates in terms of they just so easily got distracted. They were so uh, played into Brentford's hands. And the Postacoglu thing that he hates the most is stoppages. He hates it. He wants his football. It, it's meant to be this relentless form of just never-ending attacking waves of football. He doesn't want the team to ever kind of slow that down. And he knew it was coming. You know, we saw it at the GTEC early in the season, the first game of the season. Brentford did exactly that. I think I remember him saying something similar after that game, that they tried to interrupt the flow very deliberately. Um, and just Spurs reacted to everything. And and to be fair, it was like experienced players like Madison. Madison was complaining about everything. I mean, he admitted himself after the game. His, his wife uh, would would say, he would be the first to say, or his partner would say, you know, he is a moaner. He likes to complain about things. And my goodness, you know, when your main playmaker is constantly stopping. And, and look, I know it's frustrating. And I know when decisions aren't going your way or they're over out to me and there was one, was it Collins? When Richarlison like yeah. tapped him in the stomach, he went down like a sniper had taken him out from a, like, across the the top of the stadium or something. And there were lots of moments like that. And of course, uh, Morpay's um, celebration, which yes, um, yes, it was deliberately to wind up right in front of the South Stand, doing the darts, doing the Madison celebration. But let's be honest, as it proved to be. Um, a little bit early there, Frenchman went a little bit early, as he admitted afterwards. But then it did produce this weird. Instagram spats where 
he started going on about how he'd scored more goals and had less relegations than Madison. It was like, yeah, you're a striker. You're meant to score more goals in the midfield. That's not something to brag about. I mean, that was really weird. And obviously, you know, I like Brentford. And I like Thomas Frank. I like his terrific coach. But you never know what the rest of the season holds for them. You know, if they were to have an awful run and get relegated, that's going to come back and haunt him as well. Very, very... He's just a strange character, isn't he, in terms of he just seems to really like to wind up opposition kind of clubs and their fans and everything. I know I know, certainly North London, both teams have had their kind of uh, fair share of the player. But um, yeah, at halftime, you know, Postacoglu sat him down and just really kind of went into them about not allowing these breakages to the game and, and stoppages in play and just to, just to crack on. And I don't think it's any coincidence especially with the couple of changes he made as well to give them a bit more drive and focus. They just blew him away in the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. Um, but yeah, yeah, do not... If you if, if you want to get on Ange Postacoglu's good side, make sure you keep a game of football flowing. That is the, the first thing he wants from you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, just going back to Morpé's celebration. I mean, he's just the wind-up merchant. He was on it from the first minute. I think he'd gone into Christy Romero a couple of times, and you're thinking Romero has just going to absolutely go through him at some point. Yeah. Uh, on the celebration, I don't mind like the celebration, but it's like, yeah. why is Madison then, you know, patting him on the back of his neck, and then Morpé's hitting him on the chest? You just don't need to get involved. In that, let your football do the talking. Uh, but I thought that 11 minute period after half time was just sensational from Spurs. Yeah. Uh, I think it's always the case, you know, Spurs want to get one goal, they're always going to get another one after that. And you know, fair play to Destiny and Doggy, who had, didn't have the best of games, extremely mixed, especially at uh, his own end of the pitch with his role in both of uh, Brentford's goals. But you know, jolly on the spot to equalise for Spurs and, you know, credit to Timo Werner for his role in that goal. And then the second one as well, when he put the ball on the plate for Brendan Johnson at the back post. And I always thought Johnson would probably get a breather against Brentford, especially with Madison coming back. And that 45 minutes on the bench, it just seemed to, you know, work wonders for him. Uh he scored and I think when you score it doesn't matter what type of goal it is whether it's like a 35 yard rocket or goes in off your backside it just gives you a bit of a confidence lift and he, he looked more like his old self I thought in the remainder of the game and then Richarlison getting the goal as well some good work from Madison in the box and yeah I thought Spurs certainly deserved it uh, they made life difficult for themselves at times especially in the first half there was I think three really good Brentford opportunities where they just broke and yeah. there just seemed to be anyone back uh, for Spurs and maybe another team would have put them to the sword but yeah I uh, thought all in all they deserved the win yeah yeah. on Johnson it was really interesting after the goal he did this lovely flick to Kulusevski who then hesitated with his shot and if he'd hit that first time across the keeper 
it would have been one of the best goals of Spurs' season so far. It was a lovely move. And Johnson, you could see the confidence flowing through him. It's like, it's not rocket science. Players need confidence. <laughs> and he got it. And and like you say, I did think, and, and actually Postacoglu said it after the game, he felt he just had played a lot of football, needed to just, just spend 45 minutes or so just from the bench, seeing the game from a different perspective. And he was able to come into the game knowing exactly where he could hurt them. And he did. Um, and Brendan Johnson admitted after the game, he said, look, it's no secret. I haven't been playing particularly well recently. Um, but yeah, it, it was about making sure he gets into these goal-scoring positions that the manager wants him to get into. And that was what he did. And, and, and fair play. And yeah, Werner was excellent. Um, he's getting fitter and fitter. You can see that now. Um, and he's doing a lot of defensive work as well. He's starting to get, to get that in his legs. Um, I do think the two changes at halftime made a difference. Even if I thought they were quite differing performances in that first half from Bentonker and Skip, I thought Bentonker was really off it. Um, didn't look his old self. And it's understandable. Look, the guy has played a handful of games across the last year. He's absolutely has every right to be rusty. It's just weird. I think just because we saw him kind of come back and obviously in that first half hour against Villa before he got his ankle injury, he was like just the best player on the pitch. Um, but it's understandable that he's not going to be quite where he wants to be yet. I thought Skippy played well. Skippy made quite a few really good interceptions in that first half. But I think the key for Postacoglu was that he wanted, like you say, the balls over the top just were hurting Spurs every time. And he wanted someone in Hoybier who he knew would be disciplined and just sit there. And it's interesting because he doesn't seem to trust Skip in that role, which is weird because that's Skip's role, the number six role. That, If anything, that's the place he's going to be more comfortable in. Um, but, you know, brought Hoybier in. Hoybier was excellent. I thought that 45 minutes he came on. Um, and like you said, Brennan Johnson came in and made a real impact as well. It was a very attacking midfield. You know, suddenly have Hoybier, Madison and Kulusevski all in there together. I mean, that that's incredibly attacking. Um, but it worked. Um, like you say, the football in that 10, 15 minutes after the break, maybe in 20 minutes, they were just cutting them apart every time they flew forward. And it shows the kind of, when they get two pacey wingers in um, Werner and Johnson flying at the same time, defenders don't know what to do with that. You just cannot counter against two teams that have got the pace to take two players out of the game on either side it's that's why you end up with the space at the other post um to do stuff like that and and Richarlison I thought was excellent as well on the day I thought that was another one of um it's almost weird it's like I think if you take out the cup performances and obviously you've got this seven goals in seven games he's been superb in this run of Premier League matches um he's battling away he knows that the place is his. And I think confidence-wise, that's a big thing for him. He knows that Postacoglu trusts him. He's working so hard defensively as well. Um, he's enjoying uh, himself. I mean, the roar he did in Morpé's face <laughs> as he walked past him was like, it was just classic Richarlison. He just, you know, just doesn't care. And it's to be fair, it's exactly what Morpé probably would have done to him if it had been roles reversed. So I don't think he can complain about it. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a lot of positives. There were a few, I didn't think the defense was great. I thought Romero had some iffy moments, um, but grew into the game. Van de Ven, I don't think it was one of his best performances ever either, but he still, you know, brings a certain level and Destiny Doggy. Yeah. He had a, a strange day. He was involved, I think in all five goals. Um, he was brilliant going forward, obviously scored his goal. 
Um, instrumental as well, I think it was, was it Richarlison goal? I think he had drove forward with the ball for that one as well. Um, but yeah, defensively, just had a couple of moments where as a young player, just switched off. Uh, lost the ball, obviously, the first time uh, for the first goal with a, a bit of a sloppy pass that was intercepted. And then the second one, I mean, as he said himself, uh, you could see him saying it on the pitch. He's just, just, I didn't see him. Just did not see Ivan Tony there standing right in front of Vicario. Um, and Postacoglu was brilliant about him after the game. I asked about him, not with the intention really that Postacoglu was ever going to criticise him, but almost because I kind of knew that he was going to have his back. I just said, you know, obviously a bit of a mixed bag for him. What did you make of his performance? And he came out exactly as I kind of hoped and expected he did. And he was just saying, no, no, you know, people make mistakes. That's absolutely fine. Um, he did so much for the goals we scored. Uh, and he's a young man learning and he's going to make mistakes. And, and I love that. That is the no fear thing that we've always spoken about, Postacoglu. He gives these players an environment in which to flourish. He takes all of that responsibility off their shoulders and said, no, it's fine. It's okay. As long as you make up for it at the other end, as long as you keep doing what I'm asking you to do, and, and he's he's fine with players taking risks. That's absolutely fine uh, because it means that they're going to keep trying to play a, away from the press and things like that. Um, and I thought he absolutely dealt with it perfectly. And um, and that's why the players love playing for him. And that's why players are turning down the likes of Bayern and Barcelona to come and play for him because everyone speaks so highly of not only the football, but also the way you're treated by Postacoglu. And um, yeah, I thought that was uh, it, it was kind of almost like an important night for Destiny Doggy, despite the mistakes, uh, or maybe in with the mistakes because he can learn from them, but also showed how important he can be going forward when he makes the right decisions at the end of his runs as well because that's one thing for me about doggy and uh we saw it in a couple of the recent games where he'll go on these really long runs and then at the last moment the ball or whatever he decides to do with it isn't quite the right thing but he was superb in that aspect um yeah george sessions from pa was uh was moaning at me because i gave him i think a five in my player ratings because i just felt like Unfortunately, the two mistakes were so big and so key that they actually did end up uh, counterbalancing what he did offensively. And he was, oh, no, you can't do that because, you know, Spurs wouldn't have scored the three goals. They did if, you know, a doggy wasn't playing. And I kind of said, yeah, that, that that's great. But Brentford wouldn't have scored their two goals either. So it kind of, I do feel it all balanced up in the middle. Um, but, yeah, I like the fact that people are sticking up for a doggy because of just you can see the path he's on and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, a uh, number of positives to take from the game. I think Richarlison got man of the match, didn't they? I think that's yeah. been nice to see him get the man of the match award. I've seen it on Instagram Rather recently. Rather than it off other people. Yeah, yeah. like Porro <laughs> and Benton Kerr or whoever he's taking it off and had his picture with. Uh, but yeah, so he'll be in confident mood going into Saturday's game at Goodison Park uh, against Everton. 12.30 kickoff, really, oh. really early start. I mean, that's just a terrible pick, obviously, for Tottenham fans making the way yeah. up to Merseyside. Uh, going to be a tough one. Uh, I don't think Spurs haven't won a Goodison in the last five games. Their last win there was the 6-2 game in 2018. Uh, people, I'm stunned that you know that information. Yeah, well, got to do your research, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You just knew that anyway. It wasn't research. You're keeping a running tally. I know it. <laughs> no, the past few games have just all been draws apart from Everton's 5-4 winning the FA Cup uh, a couple of years ago and 
I think we saw back in December, you know what you're going to get from a Sean Dyche team. It's going to be a tough team to be. Everton on yeah. the day, uh, Spurs, you know, were very, very good going forward and p- perhaps a tad unlucky uh, not to leave uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, with a point in the bag given this loud girl, Anna Danjuma, is about a, a couple of millimetres away from scoring as well at the end of the game. So, yeah, I think Ange knows what exactly he's going to get from Everton. Yeah, it's an early kick-off. I got set off at half five, I think, on Saturday morning. Tomorrow morning. Guys, tomorrow, isn't it? Um, yeah, which I'm not looking forward to. And you're abandoning me. You're not even going to be in a press box with me. You're in your uh, season ticket holder's seat in... Um... In the Gladys here. Street, and yeah, I've done my time in that press box. I've, really, <laughs> I've done so many games. I honestly think the last Everton Spurs game I watched as a fan was 2015 16. Wow, was it 20? No, 2016 17. Uh, I think it was your first game covering it Spurs, was. the 1 1 draw, Lamella and Barkley both yep. scoring. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was it. So yeah, it's, oh, that's really it's, weird. What a weird symmetry. That was the last time you watched them as a fan. It was my first game covering them as a journalist. Yeah, I think I've pretty much done every game at Goodison since. Uh, but I think it was the 3-0 win, 2017. Kane scored a couple. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it is going to be a very tough game. I think the quick turnaround isn't helping Spurs either. You know, less than 72 hours between the games. I think Everton, what, an extra day? They play Tuesday night, didn't they? Yeah. So that's going to be a help. He's going to have to make some changes. What changes would you make? Uh, I'd probably make a handful of changes. I think in my team, I went for Dragerson to come in for Mickey van der Ben, I think. Just a quick turnaround. Van der Ven recently coming back from an injury. The need to give Dragerson some Premier League minutes at some point. I think that's a change that makes sense. I think Pat Matasar comes straight back into midfield. I think they've really missed him in the middle of the park recently. Just that energy and ability to drive forward. I'd, I'd take Benson Kerr out. I thought he struggled in midweek. Uh, I think he, just like Brendan Johnson, probably just needs a bit of a breather. He's come back from two bad injuries and, you know, He's not going to be right on it from his very first appearance uh, after those injuries. So you just need to give him a bit of time. I think Hoybjerg deserves to start in midfield after midweek. And I think the other change was for me, Brendan Johnson coming back in. I dropped Dane Kulisewski out. I thought he struggled at times against Brentford and he's played so much football recently. I think it's one of these you just need to give the players sufficient rest at some point when you have that opportunity. And I think Ange certainly has that chance to do now with players returning from international duty and injury. So I do think there'll be a couple of changes here and there. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's yeah, some tough decisions to make. Yeah, Dragashin surely, God, that was tough to say, Dragashin surely is the, um, has to start this game. If, if you're going to start him at all, it has to be in this little run. Um I'd agree on Hoybier. I think he deserves to start. Um, Benson is an interesting one because ordinarily it would almost be heresy to like take him out of the, yeah. the lineup. Um, but I guess if you've got Hoybier, Saran, Madison, I guess Madison's fitness is going to be interesting. See whether he's ready to do it so quickly start again. 
Um, if not, maybe you end up with Benzinger, Hoybier, and Saar, maybe. Um, actually, you probably would have to play Kulisevsky, wouldn't you? Yeah, Kulisevsky wasn't great. He did start the move, I think, for the second goal. I'm pretty sure it was him deep in the um, Spurs half setting yeah. um, doggy away. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, I'm not entirely sure on Johnson whether he starts already or whether he has another game as a sub. I just think Kudusevsky is so important to Postacoglu. I think he'll find a way to kind of get him in there. But I would imagine, yeah, two or three changes, certainly. Um, because, yeah, if you want to play the kind of football he wants to play, the high-energy stuff, less than 72 hours after the last time they did it, you have to put some fresh legs in there. In a weird way, three of his midfielders only played 45 minutes. Um, Saar hasn't played since was it Monday night? Obviously, he's done some traveling in the process as well. Um, I wonder if maybe he looks at the fullbacks, whether a doggy and Poro can continue to keep playing every single game, or whether we maybe see I don't know Emerson or Davies. Perhaps I don't know. Um, I hadn't really even thought about the fullbacks, they have been <laughs> kind of drilled into the ground with the amount of game time they've had. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Look, if he makes a few changes and they lose, he's going to get hammered for it. Um, and if he doesn't make changes and they look leggy and tired, he's going to get hammered for it. It's one of those where you just got to win the game. Otherwise, people are going to criticise whatever you've done. Yeah, he's still putting out a good team regardless, yeah. even if he makes changes, because Tottenham do have a good squad now. And this is the thing. If you've got a 25-man squad, use it. So, yeah, I think we'll be seeing a few changes here and there. Right. Think we'll call that a day on today's podcast we'll be back next week to reflect on the everton game and then also look ahead to the match against brighton and hove albion next saturday so as ever thank you for listening in and just keep with us at football.london for all your latest Tottenham news to grab our huge discount off your nordvpn plan go to nordvpn.com forward slash gold guest you can receive an extra four months of free there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link is in the episode description box.